Well, good morning, everybody. We're uh, in the book of James, and we're coming to uh, James uh, 1, 18 to 25. Now, I have to admit, I could preach on this for a month, and I still wouldn't cover everything that I wanted to cover. So please don't be angry with me if I uh, don't cover your favorite part or explain it. So, James chapter 1, starting at verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be the kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but not, does not do what it says, is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and, afterward, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. James moves on in his letter from prayer and wisdom to the importance of God's word in our lives. Verse 18 says, we are given birth through the word. Verse 21, we have the word of God planted in us. Verse 21 again, the word of God can save us. We are to listen to God's word. Verse 23. Verse 22, we are to do what the word says that we are to do. God's word, after all, is good news. And God's word is important to each one of us because it shapes our response to this life, to the battle that we are in. God's word helps and guides us day by day to live the Christian life. And we are in a battle. We were talking about knife crime earlier. Well, I found out there's grooming rings in Crawley and we think that Rotherham and all that went on was far away from our quaint little town of Crawley but we are on the battle line and we need to find, we need to pray together and share together and fight that battle with the truth of God's words and his promises. We need to respond with love rather than anger, compassion rather than criticism. As James says in his letter, fresh water and salt water can't come from the same spring. And God's grace will always draw us to a better life, draw us closer to him in this world. And the word that James refers to here would prominently, prominently have been the Old Testament. It would also have been referred to the words that his own stepbrother had shared in Jesus. When he spoke, Jesus' words would have transformed James' life 
and his peers and those around him. And I had the privilege, or I have had had the privilege, of working with two scripture-based organisations, one being Gideon's International, which placed scriptures and Bibles in hotel rooms around the world and in doctor's surgeries, and give out New Testaments to the children in our schools in Crawley. And the second is Scripture Gift Mission. Um, it's now called Life Words International, and they produce scripture portions on topical themes, and they produce many over the years, and have produced booklets in over a thousand languages. When we use the booklet at Christmas to talk about the Christmas story, and they produce things like the Little Book of Help or Daily Strength, which just gives you scripture passages to strengthen you. And today's is, in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high on a rock. And they're one of the first organizations to be able to print in China because simply it was God's word. And what do these two organizations have in common? I would say testimony. And testimony means just to do it again. Time after time, we would receive letters about how reading God's word had transformed a life. I remember a story from a prostitute, and she'd been in an alley and she'd just finished her work, and she bent down and saw a booklet on the floor, and it happened to be one of these booklets read it and was convicted of her sin on the spot. God's word planted in her enabled her to know freedom and love. And as she walked to the end of the alley, the first person that she met was a pastor of a local church. And she just thanked us so much for giving out God's word to the world. And James says, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it will be blessed. That night, that lady found freedom. God saved her and offers that same gift to each one of us to save us and to change us through his word. And I think sometimes we can forget the power that's in, contained in God's word when we read it. We are reading in the presence of God. But at the end of that sentence it says, the one that continues to do that will be blessed. And I wonder what does it mean to be blessed and to be a blessing to one another? James, or some people say that in James he's referring back to uh, Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. And we can read about God's blessings. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessing played an important part in the Jewish culture. 
Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or take seats in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on the law day and night. You and I are called to be a blessing to this world, to receive blessings from God. And what did Jesus do when the little children came to him? He simply blessed them. And in Acts chapter 3 we read, You are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all people on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to bless by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So do we understand what it means to be blessed and to be a blessing? And perhaps we've mixed up blessing with the prosperity gospel and you have missed what it means to be blessed and be a blessing. And I've bought a basket, so if you want to, to hand it round later, I will pass it round and the highest notes will receive the highest blessing. And if you haven't got any notes on you, don't worry, because you can put your credit card in, and I'm sure God will bless the ministry here and my ministry. Um, and I'll pass that round later. But I guess the prosperity gospel doesn't fit with our culture, really, does it? But have you ever wondered why we um, struggle with that type of approach? Is it because we don't feel that we're worthy to be blessed? Perhaps we don't think God will come through for each one of us and meet the need that we have. Perhaps we've grown up with a worldview that all I have achieved I've done by myself. I'm alone in this world. and It's down to me to sort it and me alone. Rather than trusting in a father who loves us and cares for us and wants the best for us. And I was challenged the other day as I read something. It said, if, all was, or if, if, it was, if God was only to bless me with the gift of grace and the knowledge of heaven and the ability to read God's word, would that be enough for me in life? Just reading God's word and knowing that we are one day going to be with the Father in heaven, would that be enough of a blessing? And when I look at the Beatitudes... There is no mention of money really there, but it mentions a lifestyle that we have to choose. And if we choose that lifestyle, we will be blessed. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And meekness just means that we become controlled by the Spirit of God, guided by God, who wants the very best for us. He wants to save us as a generous God and wants to give us freedom. Will we ask for wisdom? Will we ask God's Spirit to lead us and to guide us? And prosperity, what does that mean? Well, it simply means to excel in life, to burst with life, perhaps. What father would not want his children to excel in life? If we as earthly people know how to give good gifts, how much more would our Heavenly Father want to bless us 
with his presence. And we have the banner over the church. And perhaps we've lost the art of saying this. We welcome you. We honour you. We pray every blessing of Christ upon you. I think we forget how powerful our words of blessing can be to one another. And we can overlook what it means to honour and bless one another and how our words can transform people's lives. In Deuteronomy 10 verse 8 it says, At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister and pronounce blessing in his name, as they still do today. And we probably know that the blessing from Numbers 6.24, the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So that they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And the great thing is we simply don't have God's name on us, although we do. But he calls us to be children, part of his family, loved and special in his sight. And what do we receive in being his children? In Ephesians 1.3 it says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And Jeremiah 29 verse 7 says, Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. We are called to pray for the place where God has put us. I haven't got time to go through the whole of the Old Testament and the New Testament around what it means to be blessed and be a blessing. But one way we can simply be a blessing to one another is to be present. And Ian's shared, we've got endless song coming this Friday. A place where we can just be a blessing to one another and be in God's presence. And Exodus 23 verse 5 says, Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. Simply coming to worship blesses people blesses our town and blesses God's heart. Worship changes lives. And um, I've been reading a great book called The Way of Blessing and I've been going to read you a short story from it. One of our volunteers answered the reception door to find a man standing who was very excited and very keen to speak to me. I went to the door and we greeted each other. The man kept shaking my hand and wouldn't let go. He explained, I just want to thank you so much. You have changed my life, saved my marriage. I just wanted to thank you so much. I had never met him before and gently suggested that I didn't think I had the power to change anyone's life and certainly not change anyone's marriage. I invited him to tell me his story. 
He explained how miserable his life had always been. He got married and demanded that his wife produce a good breakfast every morning for him. How it never satisfied him. Every morning he would criticise her by saying how it wasn't presented properly or cooked correctly. He would look at what she was wearing and criticise that too, along with her hair. He criticised his neighbours, he criticised his friends and lost them. He struggled to keep jobs because he criticised everybody. His co-workers, the bosses, they would get rid of him. He would go somewhere else and do the same thing. He became a Christian and he criticised everybody and everything. He very quickly found that in a local church setting, he could easily gather a group of people around him and show them very quickly from the scriptures why the leadership were wrong and weren't doing what God wanted, creating cliques, and eventually he would be thrown out. This happened at several different churches. This attitude of his had shaped his life. Somebody gave him a copy of Grace Outpouring. He was stunned by what he read about the blessing and thought maybe he could try that. The next morning, his wife produced his breakfast and he thanked her, ate it and told her he really enjoyed it. He told her she looked lovely. This threw her into a bit of a panic. <laughs> she wondered, why was he being so nice to her? And it became a bit of a mystery and a threat for a while. He began to talk nicely to co-workers in his job and found that he could easily get people together at work and show them how effective the bosses and managers were and how, in difficult circumstances, they were doing a brilliant job. Now he was favoured because he encouraged and strengthened all people around him. At church, he began to find they could easily gather a group of people around him and show them from scripture how excellent the church leaders were and urge them to speak well of them and pray for them and respect them. Suddenly, he became a very valuable, or very valuable as a member of the body of Jesus. And then he found that he could look at a stranger and without thinking about it, Father, help me. And then speaking a blessing on them in the name of Jesus for the revelation of God to be upon their lives. He told me it got to the point where I can't walk down the street in a town where I live and see a stranger walking towards me and I don't have to think about it. I can't help myself. I just bless them under my breath and the, the moment I see them. It's my first reaction. But until this recent development, I'd never understood that all my pre previous life I have walked in curses. I tell this story because it's so encouraging, but also because it captures something what it makes a community of blessing a reality. A man's perspective on people, the work of Jesus, the place of blessing, was shifted as he read Grace Outpouring. It made a difference straight away in all the communities that he touched, home, work, church, and the wider local community. As his understanding of his role in the purpose of God was nurtured, the fruit was relational. If we are to be a community of blessing that declares the blessing of God for people, 
regions, communities, and the land, then we have to wrestle with how we bless each other by words and behavior in the mundane everything of life. James puts it slightly differently and says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Instead of criticising, love. And Billy Graham writes on anger. When temper rages, your good expression goes. When temper rages, your reputation goes. When temper rages, your friends go. When temper rages, your opportunity goes. When temper rages, your testimony goes. We have a choice to live and to love. We have a choice to bless with love and not be angry. We have a choice to let God's word transform and change our lives. So this week, as we go out into this week, let God's word transform our lives. Let us turn from anger to love. Let it purify your lives. Let us free us from anger, filth, and every evil that lurks within us and humbly accept God's word. Joyfully accept God's wisdom, God's guiding by his spirit. Receive God's blessings joyfully and be a blessing to this world.